Bones are amazing things. They hold us up. They support us. They make us strong. But bones have other uses. In the past, bones were thrown by diviners, seeking out the mysteries of the future. Now the bones are cubes, made of plastic or resin. But they still reveal things to us. As they fall from our fingers and rattle across the table, the story becomes clear. Welcome to Bone Thrower's Theater, an RPG actual play podcast. Welcome to Bone Thrower's Theater and this special one shot. My name's Jeff. My name is Jeremy. This is Johnny. And I'm Jordan, and we are going to be playing Recess, the Anything RPG. Now, this is a free game that you can play. You can download online. Uh, it's a very long and lengthy new rule book to read, all of four pages. So we recommend it if you enjoy this play session. We figured that since we're recording this online, it would be fun to pull a rule set that is available for free online. And so... Rhesus was the one that I settled on. And it's actually one that I've wanted to play now for seven or eight years. We just never had the opportunity, or we've never taken the opportunity, I guess I should say. So this just seems like a good opportunity to do so. So to get started, let's go ahead and describe our characters. We'll go ahead and go in the order of introductions. So we'll go Jeff, Jeremy, and then Johnny. All right. My character's name is Bram T, Giant Squirrel Man. He has opposable thumbs. He has four cliches. Four is a starship pilot. Three is an innate time traveler. Two is clumsy. And one is good at gunnery. All right. So you're the giant squirrel-shaped pilot of this adventure. Up next, we have Soren Wade. All right. Yes. My character's name is Soren Wade. He's a humanoid alien. He's an Adenorian. Their planet was actually destroyed, and he was rescued by this uh, time-traveling group. His species, it wasn't very technologically advanced, so he comes from a hunter-gatherer society. So his cliches are he's athletic, and then he has his species ability as a second cliche, and that has to do with their species has some natural abilities that change every lunar cycle that it was native to their planet and it's a weird very quick lunar cycle so every two to three days they have a different ability special ability that they can do it also has a cliche of an animal handler and he is irrationally curious since he doesn't have a background in technology he thinks technology is very interesting and is willing to try it out without any caution all right just as a quick Aside, the two characters of Soren and Bram combined reminds me of Jeremy's character from the Star Wars game, where he was a giant yeah. blue squirrel. Yes. <laughs> yes. Yes. I that earlier. <laughs> All right. So nobody really knows my name, but people call me Blondie. <laughs> For a physical description, think uh, Clint Eastwood from Good, Bad, and the Ugly mixed with uh, Chief O'Brien from DS9. My cliches, I'm a sharpshooter, I'm a starship mechanic, a very sneaky strategist, and I'm snarky. So you ask me a question, I'm likely to give you a very snarky answer. Of course. I don't ask you things. Exactly. We just tell you things. And I still do what I want. And then you interpret it as a snarky question. Sometimes. 
All right. So you all work for Chronomic Tourism Incorporated. Soren, you said that Chronomic Tourism had actually rescued you from your planet just as it was about to be destroyed. Yes. Is there any particular reason? Did they ever tell you why they did that? No. Soren has no idea, but he recalls being on the ship and seeing his planet blow up. He had to demolish it to make way for a space highway. Yeah, but everybody got a complimentary towel. Mm -hmm. (laughs) It's one of those situations, I guess, where he he actually doesn't know how many of his species is left. So every once in a while, he runs into another Adenorian and is like, whoa, how long have you been here? Where did you come from? You're a me. I'm a you. Where are we? Now, Blondie, how did you join up with Chronomic Tourism Incorporated? I, uh, I've just been with them for the past I don't know, 20 years. Mostly, I took the job because the money is good. That's a good reason to take a job. And it gives me opportunities throughout all of time to take side jobs. So like you're one job and then you're like, oh, well, I'm just going to use the time travel to jump over and take another job. And then I'll be back to finish the first one in plenty of time. Yeah. You know, I can go back and take a bounty for a bounty hunting job or perform a little bit of blackmail here and there. That sounds like fun. There's no rules. There are no rules. Oh, no. Not for my species. I'm an innate time traveler. I, I assume that you get a pretty good bonus for working for Chronomic because they don't have to to pay, like, provide you with a time machine. Yeah. It works a bit better that way. You have a spaceship as well, don't you? Starship. What is the difference between a spaceship and a starship? Size. Starships are bigger. Starships are much bigger. They allow for more passengers and longer travel. So it sounds more like the difference between, like, you know, a person who gets a regular vehicle and maybe somebody who gets a lifted Ford F-250. Kind of. It's more uh, lines with a spaceship is a Honda Accord and a starship is a touring bus. Yeah, more along that lines. Gotcha. Now, did Chronomic, did they seek you out or did you apply for a job? How did you wind up with Chronomic? Oh, I'm related to one of the owners. Oh, you're related to an owner. So you got your job through nepotism. Nepotism wins. I mean, it's the worst. Don't use it. Ever. You were the family pet. (laughs) (laughs) I like that. I like that. No, my family actually started up the business. So, you are a junior, junior, junior member of the founding family of Chronomic Tourism. Why did they decide to open a tourism business? Because money. But, I mean, you could do so many different applications with time travel. Exactly. Yeah, but people want to see the past. Or the future. The future. But mostly the past, because the future gets complicated. The future does get complicated. So, you all are at Chronomic Tourism Incorporated headquarters waiting for a job. It's a small company. There are a few other competitors for time machine tourism, but you all are probably one of the less seasoned I can't say younger because that doesn't really apply to time travel. Nope. So you're one of the less seasoned companies. The ratings could be better online, but you are known as the economy time travel option. If someone had to choose between, you know, a major airline, like let's say Delta, or 
you know, something on the smaller side of the th- of the scale, you would not be Delta. You would probably be closer to like Airbus. But you know, you get the job done. Um, it sometimes it comes with a few extra complications. Pay- no, well, not just complications, but I was going to say like if they wanted something like a particular service, they would have to pay extra. You know, like, oh, yeah, sure, you can have a water bottle, but that'll cost you $3.50. Oh, sure, you want to bring a bag on board? You can do that, but that's an extra $25. Oh, and your bag is five pounds over? Well, that's an extra $18. You know, yeah. one of the, that kind of budget travel. And every once in a while, there might be a problem with the time machine that somebody rents out. So they keep yeah. people like you on board to go ahead and go out if there's a repair that's needed. Little do they know I'm the one causing the problems. I didn't say that. But it is a, you know, it, it is good job insurance if you're able to, you know, both provide the issue and fix it. So there is that. What do you do in your downtime while you're waiting for a call? Well, I'm waiting for a call. I'm uh, usually working. Sounds good. What kind of work? Whatever task I can find off the ship that will, you know, bounty, treasure hunting, Gold digging, marrying rich widows. How many of those have you married? Well, 10 or 20. 10 or 20? <laughs> At once? Yeah. They'll let you get away with that? They don't know. It just depends on the time stream. The time stream and what planet they're on. Now, what are you working on, Bram, while you have some downtime? I'm working on trying to see better. To see better. That is right. You do have a bit of a infirmity. Is it something that happens to all members of your time-traveling species, or is this a particular malady of your own? Particular malady of my own. And how are you trying to solve this particular problem? Eye exercises. Eye exercises? You know, staring off into the distance and then looking at things real close. Picking up cans with your eyes. That sounds like it would be counterproductive. You might want to go see an ophthalmologist, but we will let you work on things your own way. He's a squirrel. What do you want? Oh, can you see on like two different sides of your head, like, you know, squirrel vision? Yeah. Do you have a more robust line of sight? Of course. Anyway, Soren, what do you do during your downtime? Well, they usually don't let me do much other than just move stuff because I tend to cause some problems. If they task me with anything that is too uh, involving technology, I, He's a baggage handler. I push buttons just to find out what they do. Oh, no. And they make sure all technology is boxed up and just tell me to move the boxes. Every now and then I take him on one of my jobs. Just so we can wreak havoc. Sometimes. Here, I need you to go to put all, push all the buttons in this room. Can you do that? Sometimes, I, you know, I need to wrangle some chickens or something. Gosh. Part of that is because, I guess, the... Adenorians are just a curious species anyway because they get new abilities every two or three days. So they are curious and trying to figure out what they can do. Are your abilities like cyclical or uh, a brand new ability every time? There is no known pattern. Sometimes <laughs> you get a repeat of something that you've been able to do before. <laughs> That's not necessarily always the case. Oh my. That's pretty funny. So you all are sitting there. You're doing your normal jobs. And you get a message from Control saying that one of uh, your repeat customers has experienced a malfunction with their time machine. All right. 
So I call you guys back to the ship and time jump to where the customer is. Yeah, where, where in the time stream is the customer? That's a good question. You might need to look up the receipts to see if they've logged a time travel flight plan. Okay. <laughs> okay, I'm going to do that. I'm going to search up for flight plans and use my starship piloting skill for that. Okay. Where, you know where to go ahead and go look for the records and all that because this is something that you have access to as a starship pilot for Chronomic Tourism Incorporated. I roll four dice for that, right? That's correct. 96? It's Jeff. So four dice, he got a four. He got a three. <laughs> I got a one, a two, and two sixes. Wow. So that's what, 15? Yeah. Okay, perfect. So you find out that the missing time machine was assigned to Scorpus. He is a prince of a planet. The planet's name is Reptilius. He's a giant lizard. And he did log a time travel plan, but he has been known to, to fudge it from time to time. Okay. Does he have his own craft, or is he rental craft from us? Oh, he rents crafts. Okay, so which craft did he rent? We can track it through the time stream. He rented the Chromis 3000. Chromis 3000, okay. I guess I'll use my uh, Starship mechanic skills to uh, track his time stream pattern. Okay. Because I know the uh, patterns for all the ships in our company. And I will assist him with my Starship piloting skills. One sec. All right, so I'm tracking the time stream, and Bram is assisting. I got rolled a nine. Did you roll any sixes? I rolled one six. Okay. We got 15. Well, yeah, it looks like he's traveled to old Earth. Looks like he might be in what the locals describe as the 11th century AD. Okay. All right. Come on, guys. Let's go. I turn on the time jump drive. I have a quick switch, so it can't jump without when I don't want it to. But does this? But does this ship actually have that? Because it's I my thought starship. the ship yeah. has one. He can do it himself without a ship. Also, no, I can, can do, it do it and take the ship. Yeah, <laughs> well, I can leave you behind, whether you want me to or not. All right, time traveling, we go. Time traveling, you go. So I would imagine that you have to to time travel. You have to go out into interstellar space between any major systems so that you can engage the drive without chronologically altering the time streams around the local vicinity of that solar system. So actually HQ where you all are of uh, chronomic tourism is actually in a, a dead spot between like three different star systems. So you leave there and it's not too far for you to go and then you're able to make a jump. Yeah, so I would need to use my Starship pilot skill. Yes. Just to outside of the dead spot. Uh, 13. So you make the jump, and you are successful. What does it look like when you enter the, the time stream? Inside or outside the ship? We'll say inside the ship first. Inside the ship, it looks like, you know, in Star Trek, when they start warping, mm-hmm. and the stars kind of zoom around you, Except it does that in rippling waves. Like when you're going through the wormhole. Yeah, like when you're going through a wormhole. And then, you know, it goes... And then space actually makes that sound. Space (laughs) makes that sound. (laughs) 
and you just pop out the other side like a cork from a bottle. From the outside, it looks like a bubble warps around the front of the ship and space bends around on itself. I would imagine that if you're traveling back in time, it looks like the starship starts backing up really fast. If you're going forward in time, it's like it starts... <laughs> Quick, ride the odometer backwards. Yep, exactly. Pick up the back tires and spin it backwards. Quick, change the rotation of the Earth. <laughs> you all are traveling back in time. No, 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 no. Soren, what do you typically do on the ship while in transit? Not touch things. <laughs> yeah, they like to know where I am. So I have my own, I guess, seat on the bridge, which is sort of in the middle, away from everything. I was going to say, I, I locked you in hide your pockets. You spend a lot of time in an escape pod. No. No, it's a disabled escape pod. <laughs> What's this big red button do? <laughs> Bye, guys. <laughs> it's an escape pod simulator. <laughs> Every time you hit the button, you get ejected into a new and interesting time stream. <laughs> so, yeah, he's just sitting in his chair, and he's got what looks like the Earth equivalent of a ferret on his shoulder. <laughs> and the two of you probably have no idea where that came from. Yeah, no. <laughs> no idea. I was just thinking, you have one of those little mop steering wheel setups, like little kids having the cars. <laughs> <laughs> Pushing the buttons. Uh-huh. <laughs> We're going so fast. It's amazing. Like Maggie in The Simpsons. <laughs> so about midway through your journey, all of a sudden, a time police ship pops up behind you. And there's, you know, spinning Woo. lights on top. Woo! Pull over to the side of the time stream. <laughs> so where does that pop us out at? Uh, it pops you out right outside of Earth, 21st century. You have to dodge a few of uh, random satellites all right so there's something with a sports car attached to it that just drifts by <laughs> so i'm gonna use my starship piloting skill navigate through all this wow that was a good roll that was a good roll 20 okay you are able to successfully pilot around all this stuff roll number one never set it to 2020 <laughs> well too late <laughs> you just got pulled over in 2020. Oh, no! You can see one one continent to the south is just burning. So prepare to be boarded, says an official transmission. Okay, what do we do? And a time cop comes in through the hatch. There's like the umbilical that comes out and it, it seals spacewalk. And the time cops are wearing like um, sheriff's badges. They, they have bubble helmets, ray guns. They, they look like uh, what's-his-face from Futurama? Kind of, yes. They look like Kiff from Futurama. Yeah. Have you seen this man? They say, and they hold up a, a tablet that has a, a, a lizard-like individual on it. And the name no, underneath... No, I've not seen him. The name underneath... for him. The name underneath says Scorpus. This individual is wanted. Yeah. What did you do? We're trying to find him. Well, when you find him, please report directly to us. We need to bring him in on charges of eating local species. Uh, yeah. yeah, he does that. We, when you we can follow to? us there. We're headed to where he's supposedly at. That sounds like a good idea. All right. It's just a couple more centuries uh, back from here. All right. The time cop goes back to his cruiser. Go ahead and make me a, a piloting roll. 
pirating roll? Yes. Pirating. I like that roll. Pirating? (laughs) (laughs) I don't have pirating. (laughs) The closest would be clumsy. (laughs) (laughs) Go ahead and make me clumsy roll. Clumsy roll? I rolled a nine. All right. So you forgot to detach his umbilical from your (laughs) ship. I sealed the airlock, though. And as you take off, you, you hear this tremendous wrenching noise as his ship just steers off from yours. And it starts plummeting towards 2020. Oh, man. Go ahead and make a knowledge check. Um, innate time traveler. Go ahead and make me an innate time traveler check. Yeah, that'll be knowledge. All twos. I got a six. You think... You might have heard of a continent called Asia. Oh, no. And he might have landed in a, a part called Wuhan, but you're not exactly sure. <laughs> oh, no. Well, they're all going to die. Speaking of dying, this wrenching of this starship when his ship sheared off is going to need some mechanical assistance. There are some <laughs> some major issues. Your ship I is... There's no leaks. You check to make sure there's no leaks. Yep. Okay. It sounds like you might need some assistance with with this. Soren, do you think you might want to help him out? Sure. With my... Well, unless unless it's today's ability. (laughs) Okay, that's a good question. Who wants to come up with my ability today? (laughs) I think your ability today is the ability to generate miniature black holes. Well, that's intense. But you cannot control them. How miniature? Size of a grapefruit. I would say more about the size of a quarter. That can be useful. So since today's not your innate ability, you, I guess you would roll in irrationally curious. Which is, what is that again? Actually, no. Because we are checking for a leak, it, it would be athletic. How is athletic? Checking for... Because if there's a leak in the spaceship, the, all the pressure would be pushing outward. So remember in um, Alien well, Resurrection? I was hoping you were not going to say that movie. <laughs> Speaking of miniature black holes... <laughs> Uh-huh. <laughs> right. So you would be relying me to go use my athletics to go in and then push a button to seal off the leak? No, you just find the leak. I push <laughs> it. Well, if I found the leak, I would start pushing buttons. Oh, that's fine. Anything if there are buttons you here, push that would open up into space is disabled. All right, so rolling athletics to actually... Assist. Maneuver ass- through. Maneuver through the... Shifting pressure. Oh, wow. Any sixes? Yes. One six. Because I rolled an 11, so all your sixes get added to my 11. Okay. Okay. One six. So that's 17. All right. You all are able to find some leaking. Uh, it looks like it's actually some some coolant is leaking. Coolant is leaking. Okay. Yes. You're starting to get a noxious smell in the, in the actual interior of the ship. All right. Soren. This is what you need to do. Push this button. Okay. No, not that button. That one over there. <laughs> this button right here. That button's going to kill everyone. No, you see this big red button? I'll tell you exactly what this big red button does. The big red button makes us go. We don't want to go right now. We want to stop. So you got to push the big yellow button over there. Okay? So yellow means stop. Yes. Red means go. All right. Yeah. Oh, gosh. Don't let's get stuck in 2020. <laughs> so while he's pushing the button that turns the screen on, I will attempt to fix the leak. Okay. With an eight. 
And I push the button with a five. You succeed at pushing the button. And at the same time, you're able to go ahead and uh, apply a short-term patch. Yes, you, you duct tape everything together. But part of the issue is that this coolant has a little bit of a adhesive dissolving nature. Like one of its side effects is sometimes used to dissolve adhesive. Well, that's fine. While it's slowly dissolving duct tape, I can go get actual rubber tubing. Yeah, yeah. So you can go ahead and take care of that. And now you can go ahead and take off. It's going to be a little harder to pilot, but we'll see what you can do. So let's go ahead and we'll break this up into three tests. Each test is going to have a target number of 15. First test, and Bram, you can do this all with Starship piloting if you want. The first one is to be able to get the ship back up into the time stream. The second one is to navigate despite like the heating still rising slightly. If you don't get that goes all a little too hot, then that could cause uh, you know you to drop out too early. The final one is to leave the time stream at the appropriate spot without crashing into the planet. I would use the starship piloting for the first one. Mm-hmm. And I got a 16. Okay, so you're successful in getting into the time stream. Let's go ahead and have Blondie do a repair roll on the ship to see how it, it's going to swip, swapping out the duct tape with something a little bit more durable. 16. Okay, you succeed. Uh, go ahead and continue with your travels, Sir Brand. Okay, I will use my starship piloting skill again. Okay. Not nearly as good. Eight. Yeah. So as you're going on, you notice that in addition to the coolant leak, there's a couple pieces clanking around on the outside of the of the ship. Well, that's probably part of the uh, the spacewalk. The umbilical. The umbilical tear off. Okay, I put uh, Soren into a spacesuit. Okay, sounds good. Are we sure about this? Yes. <laughs> oh boy. I have a camera attached to the spacesuit so I can see where he's going and what he sees. And I uh, control the airlock from the inside so he cannot open it from outside. I explain to him what, what we're looking for is anything that is loose attached to the ship. I'm going to roll my innate time traveler skill for coming out at the right time. Okay. Wow. Wow. Plus five, 17. 17. Sounds like you've got to do a spacewalk, Soren. All right. That's <laughs> athletics. I would imagine so. A 12. The amazing thing is, is that it looks like part of the skin of the ship has started flapping loose. Like the umbilical has knocked a piece of it loose. And it looks like there's a whole bunch of buttons that could be accessed from a panel that have all of a sudden been exposed. No, not that panel. <laughs> One of them says life support vent. How well do you read, Soren? Not. Still, <laughs> I, was, I was still trying to get colors down. Well, you know that yellow means go. No, he knows that red yeah, means go. Yeah, red means go and yellow means, means go. There's a yellow button. So Soren's going to be in his uh, spacesuit going to say, well, Blondie, you told me to come out here so we could get whatever is flapping around to stop doing what it's doing. So I'm pushing this yellow button because yellow means stop. Um, what are you doing? <laughs> All right, so what's the yellow one doing? Because I'm about to push it. Oh, nope, because I got a one. Oh, no. You pushed the red button. <laughs> <laughs> oh, no, not the red button. The red button? 
that's the one that opens all of the vents to slow things down. And it also ejects the time core. Oh, oh no. no. You all drop out at the... Oh, gosh. At the what? Here we go. Well, he rolled a 17 to drop us in the 11th century. Okay. Well, here's how you can use your innate squirrely ability. Go ahead and make me a innate time traveler roll. Well, all right. You know you can get to the 11th century, but it's going to have to be done in phases. First phase, you can bring in like the first third of the ship. What? <laughs> what? Second phase, the middle portion of the ship. And uh-huh. the final phase, the last part of the ship. But you're going to have to like run between the three. Okay. So I guess I have to run through my starship. What's the name of your starship? Actually, I'm going to name it. The Squirrel Nut Zipper. I was going to say Good Ship Lollipop. What? I was going to name it Starship. The Macadamia. That's what I always wanted was a starship. So it sounds like you're going to need to go ahead and make a innate ability roll to bring in the first third of your ship. I rolled a nine. Oh. That's a third of what you needed. So yes, you got it. <laughs> <Yay>. <laughs> well, I had set the number at 10. Okay, we'll say that you were able to get the ship there, but you need to phase yourself back to get to the next part. Okay. So where is the panel that I'm clinging on to? And which part of the ship? The rear half, rear third, I would imagine. Yes, yeah. the rear third. All right. Are there any more buttons for me to press? With another nine. Okay. So you're back. Did you grab a spacesuit? What? <laughs> yes, he said you went forward with the first third. You, then you popped yourself back. Yeah, straight into the second third. Well, you weren't physically located in the second third when it went. He ran, dove, and popped himself back. And hit a wall. As he crossed into the... <laughs> So you're you're in the middle of space, right next to the door to the next compartment. Okay, I open it and go in. All right, that sounds like you're going to need to make a uh, clumsy roll. Dang it! <laughs> it's okay, I got an eleven. Okay, fine. You're able to to get the door open and you ro- you roll in against the push of the atmosphere pu- going out of the ship. So with him popping away thirds of the ship, mm-hmm. what kind of alerts am I getting? So the alerts that you're getting are rather unique. Like, computer core, missing. Backup systems initiated. Okay. That would be where backup systems are. Mm -hmm. I I rolled another one to push another button. (laughs) Did you know that when when liquid fuel is ejected into space, it makes a really beautiful-looking constellation? Well, I'd rather him inject the liquid fuel than uh, anything else vital. I'd rather him not. He's got to roll... He's got to roll for it first. He rolled a one. That's why he rejected. He's got to roll again. <laughs> he has to roll again. That's that's your answer. He's got to roll for each button. It was well, it was a color that I didn't recognize, so I wanted to find out what that color does. The purple button. I mean, obviously. So, Blondie, what part of the ship are you in at this point? Are you in, I'm the, in the rear? Third. You're in the rear third. Okay. Yeah, that's where engineering is. And let's go ahead and see if you can get the middle third, which is like living quarters cargo space, all that kind of thing. Let's see if you can get that back to the 11th century with the rest of the ship. All right. You're looking for a 10. 10? Mm-hmm. Well, you failed that. <laughs> um, 
I got a seven. So you're too distracted by the sight of a small alien crawling around on the wrong side of the ship. Because all of a sudden, who should pop up at the door, banging on it? Hi, hi, hi. It's Soren. Uh, he's, he's not small. He's big. Oh, you're not small? How big are you? Seven and a half feet tall. All right. Well, you see a seven and a half foot tall alien knocking on the, uh, on the, the door. And you weren't expecting that, so it threw you off, and you weren't able to actually make the jump. So I crawled my way to the middle section? Mm-hmm. But he's not near the buttons anymore. Is Bram connected into the, the comms? I would imagine so. Yeah. Soren's going to be like, The front of the ship is gone! <laughs> yes. <laughs> Soon this part of the ship will be gone. Which button does that? No button. That's a much better roll. No, I got a uh, 14. Okay. So now do you bring Soren inside or do you leave him on the outside of the ship while you try and face? <laughs> I bring him in. Okay. At least into the airlock. Good, because if you had phased one part of the ship in while someone was on the outside of it, in, in between the two sections ma- matching up, that could have been bad for the ship. All right. So you, you have two-thirds of the ship in the 11th century. One member of the crew is in the 11th century. And Bram just disappears? Yep. I'm locked in the airlock, aren't I? Yes. Yeah. So I lost my uh, video feed, I guess. Yes, you did. But, Soren, you're in the airlock that's between the residential part of the ship and the cockpit. So many buttons in the cockpit. Good thing you can't do anything without engineering. That, that was the question. Can I get out of the airlock? Yeah, I would assume so. All right, so do well, I need to... To run to the other third part? Yes. Go ahead and make me a clumsy roll to run to the other third part. And while we contemplate your doom, we're going to take a quick break. Phil, as you round the corner of the dungeon, you see a pedestal rise up from the ground. On it is a green glowing potion pulsating with its own light. I roll to drink the potion. You don't even need to roll. You pull out the stopper, quaff it quickly, and discover that you're listening to Alzebo Soup, a literary podcast where we become our favorite authors by devouring portions of their brains. Oh, shit. Where's my save versus poison? No, 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 no. This is a good thing. Now you're getting all the knowledge of people who love speculative fiction talking about authors like Kelly Link, Jack Vance, Rudyard Kipling, and of course, our... Our favorite, Gene Wolfe. Well, this character's a bust. I should just trouble up this sheet right now. Phil, we're supposed to be promoting the show at alzabosoup.libsen.com. All right, I'm rolling a dwarf. Or wherever fine podcasts are listened to. <laughs> we are back from our break. Bram, you were going to go ahead and make us a quick roll to see how clumsy you are getting into the, the final third of the ship. Seven. No. That was getting to the back end of the ship before I time traveled. Before you time traveled. Okay. Okay. Yeah, you're able to get through, but things are starting to look a little dim around you. Like you're you're losing some peripheral vision. That always happens. It'll come back. You get to the third portion of the ship, and Bram is standing there in the final airlock ready to pull you in. I mean, Blondie. Blondie? Yes. Yeah, I, I opened up the airlock. Thank you. Now I need to roll one more time. 16 to All get right. the last Easter. You are able to get the last part of the ship back to the 11th century. And Zorn's trying to get out of the airlock, pushing a button. All, all of a sudden, all of the lights come back on. 
and Soren is able to disengage the airlock and go into the cockpit. Are the sensors on the ship working? Yes, they are. Yes. Okay. I want to scan for where the Chromis 3000 is at. Okay. Go ahead and make me a Starship Mechanics roll, because as a Starship Mechanic, you would have uh, some knowledge about how to perform scans on the ship. Ten. It seems that the Chromis 3000 is in... It looks like it's in what humans might term the land of Turkey. Okay. So I make sure the engines, the um, sublight engines are working okay. Okay. Uh, go ahead and make me a mechanics roll for that. 13. They'll do for now, uh, but you're running low on fuel. That's fine. Just needs to get to where we can safely get to the planet. Okay. That's all I need. That's all you get. So I tell uh, Bram where to pilot us to. Uh, I got to get back up to the cockpit. Okay. Yeah. We'll say that you're able to make it to the cockpit without too much issue. You're not rushing this time. And then I guess I will starship pilot. 12 plus 618. You are able to get the ship down without too much difficulty. The only problems that you have is Soren going, what's this? What's this do? Oh, can I push this? You mean you didn't lock him in his chair? Didn't have a chance. And also, if he's, like, what, over seven feet tall, he has a pretty long reach. Yeah, that's why he has his mock console. So we are down on the planet now? You are on the planet. All right. What do we have in the way of handheld sensors and scanners? You all have a a standard array of handheld electronic equipment that will help you find what you're looking for. Except for, except for, Soren never uses any. He just goes off of his own hunter-gatherer instincts. He still uses it. He just pushes the buttons on it randomly. Look at how this arrow spins around and around. I don't know how anybody can find something with a compass. Uh, you said his uh, black hole ability. He could not control it. He can generate it, but he cannot control it. Can you control where it starts off at? Yes. Yeah. Okay. That's all I need. Well, first thing I do is I look at the actual damage on the outside of the ship. Thank you. There are a lot of... Area around the panels, uh, or around the, the, the entry where the umbilical head connected, that area is all banged up, really scuffed up. There's some integrity issues, like, you know, how you have to have some heat shielding to get back off planet. Mm-hmm. That could be problematic later on. Also, there's a pretty fine greasy residue of liquid fuel that has coated certain portions of the ship. Those might catch on fire if put under too much atmospheric yeah. friction. I'm not worried about that. That has a we have cleaning agents for that easily cleaned up. The damage we might have to do something about. The core definitely need to do something about. Yeah, that's gonna be the hard part. So first thing I'm going to do is weld a panel back over top of the buttons. Remove that temptation completely. Yes. Are we outside of the ship now? Yes, you you can be outside yeah. of the ship. All right. Soren is fashioning spears. All right, for Blondie, go ahead and make me a, uh, a roll to, for Starship Mechanics. And All Soren, right. go ahead and... That sounds like a species ability, because you're, you, you come from a hunter-gatherer. Okay. All right, I'm rolling an 11 to uh, weld the panel on. It's okay. not pretty, but it'll hold. 11 to fashion spears. You are able to make four quick spears out of some branches that you find. Do you just want to have like a, like fire hardened tips or do you want like stone tips? Uh, just fire hardened tips. Just making them quick. So while he's using the t- the welder, 
you come up with some long sticks and just like whittle them down really quick and say, here, fire them up real quick for me. Oh, uh, no, I just stick it where he's trying to weld. <laughs> <laughs> That's why it looks so sloppy. <laughs> Fair enough. Um, what's the surrounding countryside look like around us where we landed? It's pretty mountainous. There's some like flat scrub, like um, the, the bushes are not too tall. It's fairly green. There's some rivers and everything like that that makes it look like a fairly decent area to live. Uh, looking at the scanners, I want to see if there's any uh, native civilization nearby. Yes, you do see some early humans living in a very barbaric configuration of villages. No running water, no electricity. It looks like they have mastered agriculture, though. So, you know, quaint. Yeah. And how close are we to the Chromis 3000? It's about five kilometers off. You don't want to be t- too terribly close because you don't want oh, to, that. Yeah. to get attention of the, of the locals. Hey, uh, Captain. Mm-hmm. Aren't you supposed to uh, contact uh, those people that you tore our ship up with? Yeah, I'll, I'll, uh, I'll reach out to them. All right. As soon as he does that, I start walking. No, no, no. We all go together, sir. I just walk. I'm walking straight towards the Cronus 3000. Soren, who are you going to go with? Soren's going to follow Blondie. Soren is going to follow Blondie. Sounds like a plan. He leaves a spear at the boarding ramp for Bran. For protection. Protection? This is for, for hunting. Makes sense. I have my uh, six-shooter on my hip, so... <laughs> I'm going to contact the uh, space police. Time police. Time police. The space force. Space force. Space police have a totally different jurisdiction. Yeah, time police. Okay. Hey, so uh, we found the ship that had your guy on it, and uh, we are uh, getting ready to go out there and, you know, do our jobs. Thought we'd let you know where we were, and uh, here's a homing signal for you to uh, to track us. Do you need anything else? Sorry about the whole this is local thing. This is the SS Starship of Chronomic Tourism Incorporated. Yes. Be advised that a warrant has been issued for your arrest for the willful destruction of Time Police property. Uh, it wasn't very willful. Um. It was an accident. When the officers arrive, please be sure to be on the ground, knees on the ground, claws on your head. Um, I have opposable thumbs, so they're hands. Thank you. <laughs> is that a sore point for you? It is. Um, we gotta go do our job, but um, you will comply. You know, they show up, they can give me a call, and 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 I'll come back to the ship, and uh, we can talk it over. You know, like civilized beings. Okay, uh, I'm going to leave the uh, the signal on so uh, you can, yeah, follow us. I get down to the uh, to the ramp and see the sphere. Oh, yes. he's so kind. I pick it up and use it as a walking stick. Are you going to stay with the ship or are you going to go ahead and try and join your compatriots? I'm going to follow after them because I know where the ship is too. Sounds so. good. So after a while... Obviously, Bram is going to take a little longer than Soren and Blondie. You all are coming up on the Chromis 3000. Did you have any adventures along the way? That's what I was going to ask. Did we pass any of the villages on our path? 
you were able to stay away from most of the villages. Well, I didn't want to stay completely away. If there was one in our path, I wanted to like go into town and see what I could hear. Okay. Uh, go ahead and make me a sneaky strategist roll for that. All right. Five. Okay. Uh, so you are able to pass a village. Sorin might stick out a little bit just because of his height. Yeah. Sorin, uh, how humanoid are you? You you describe yourself as humanoid, but, you know. Well, sometimes my appearance changes on, based on the ability. Mm-hmm. Um, I would say since the ability doesn't have anything to do with, currently doesn't have anything to do with, like, a physical act, I look pretty human, but just big. Are you, like, on the thin side of big or, like, like a beanpole, or are you more burly? Proportional to an average human. Just, just large. Tall. Yeah. So not like Andre the Giant, kind of big. Not burly big, just... Yeah. So it sounds to me, Blondie, if you want to go into town, it might be best if you went in alone. But, you know, your your six-shooter might not be... It is a little anachronistic. Uh, the six-shooter is hidden underneath, like, a blanket coat thing. Oh, you have the whole Serape thing going on. Yeah. I change it up for the the century that we're in for what kind of cover it is. So it says uh, semi-appropriate appearance. Mm-hmm. I just look like a squirrel. Soren just likes to wear his native clothing. I don't even want to know what that is. And eh, just like animal hide. Kind of Conan the Barbarian type of stuff. Yeah. A little more than Barbarian. Yeah, yeah. A little bit more than... You are able to go into town if you would like, Blondie. I was just looking up how, how tall the average Turkish Turkish person was in the eleventh century, and they were about yeah they were about five and a half foot six foot was the average, so pretty close to modern standard. Yeah, and uh, but historically giants did do come from the Turkish region of the world. Huh. It would stand out, but it wouldn't be unheard of. Gotcha. So I guess we could we could have Soren go into town as well. He'd be noticed, but he wouldn't be. Yeah. Unlike Bram. Bram you just can't do anything with. It's it's a lost cause. Partially why I left him behind. I can hide in the woods and look like a squirrel. A large squirrel. Very large squirrel. Why I'm off in the distance. Do <laughs> so you look regular size from five hundred feet? Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I just want to like go to like the local well or something like that. A common gathering place but not indoors anywhere. Mm-hmm. Um, are there anybody around? Yeah, it does seem like you know there's the standard, the standard hustle and bustle of uh, local commerce happening. It seems to be market day, so uh, there are some stalls set up with local, local vegetables and, and fruits for sale. Lots of olives. Looks like someone there's a baker selling bread. Some metallurgists are working off, like a blacksmith is working. Question. Mm-hmm. I'm assuming the answer is yes. But do we have some kind of universal translator or anything? I would imagine that time travelers would have something of that nature. Yeah, yes. I would imagine so as well. So, so I want to just keep my ears open for uh, a like unusual thing. Anything that sounds like it could be uh, Prince Scorpus. You know, people disappearing or appearing mangled. Okay. Been Go ahead and make me a, a sneaky strategist roll. Mm. You don't really notice anything. Everybody is talking about 
the giant. Yeah, there's a lot of talk about the giant. He's drawing a lot of attention, which is not exactly what you wanted, but you know. It doesn't bother me, though. No. Also drawing attention because he's found a very large bird. What kind of bird? To Soren, it would be a comparison to a small bird that he had on his home planet, but it is a large vulture-ish type bird. It's just sitting on his shoulder, perched on his shoulder. (laughs) (laughs) Sounds like a plan. Sounds like you got yourself a familiar. All right. I want to go up to one of the uh, a fruit stall, grab something, you know, something apple-like. They have pigs for sale. And uh, just flick a generic queen that looks shiny because I don't necessarily have the appropriate currency. A metal disc. Yeah. It has something stamped on it, so they recognize it as some kind of currency. I just flip it to the vendor and start walking off and walk out of the town. Okay. For my value, it's like a penny. For them, who knows what it might be worth. It could be pure gold on the inside. I don't know. You don't know. So as you and Sorin are traveling along Blondie, we're going to go ahead and cut over to Bram. Bram, as you are walking along with your spear in hand, you start hearing the sound of animals approaching. Okay. Exactly how tall are you? We're talking like four foot. So there's a very large disparity between you and Sorin. Yeah. Right? (laughs) Okay, so I'm going to stop moving and listen for if they're coming towards me or not. Go ahead and make me a clumsy roll to see how well you hide. (laughs) Two. Yay! Yep's here! Oh my gosh. I was going to say that, you know, you only needed five to climb a tree because you're a squirrel. But (laughs) you went to climb a tree and you fell out as the three horsemen start are riding by. Not four horsemen? No, no, not four. Just three. Okay. Going to try and, like, stay on the opposite side of the tree from where they are. Yeah, no, unfortunately, like... When you fell, like there was the branches all were shaking, and it was very obvious that you were gracefully descending from a tree. All three of them pull up, and they look like soldiers from the time frame. I say, hello, how can I help you? Uh, and all of a sudden, there's a spear at your throat. What are you, foul beast? Are you one of the, the monsters that are plaguing these hills? What are you, foul beast? You're trying to kill me. I am Sir George, knight of this realm. Are you a... Brad T, squirrel man. And where are you from? I'm from another time. There is no other time. Time moves, and I can move through it. I'm going to pop out, like, five feet away in the future by, like, 30 seconds. Okay. With a 12. Okay, describe this for me. Do you just, like, kind of whoop, pop out, and then pop back in? Like a bubble sort of forms around me and it ripples and I disappear and then it does the reverse ripple and I reappear like five or ten feet away 30 seconds later. The dude who is holding a, um, the spear to your throat, he's just like this total beefcake of a dude. He's got like tall chiseled features, long blonde hair, blue eyes. He, he's like a specimen of a human. He's like looking around trying to figure out what's going on. And the other two guys, they're, they're not as good-looking as him, but 
one of them points to you and he's like he's got a comb over he's got a lot of chunky jewelry on and uh it looks like he's wearing like a velvet coat he's like hey hey georgie he's over there i told you i can time travel and george points at you and says you are a demon so are you deal with it i will and he goes to he goes to stab you with a spear can it be a conflict this is a conflict, yes. Do I need to roll my clumsy? If, if that's how you're trying to... Yes, yes. Unless you're going to, like, time travel out of this. Well, I guess I could try and time travel out of this. I'm going to time jump again. Like a micro jump? No. 20 minutes? No, like an hour. An hour? Sweet. That works for me. I didn't do so hot. I only got a seven. Ooh. I got a six. Oh, nice. So my spear ability is down by one. Well, there's no more person in front of you. So. Right. So he's just whoop. So we'll say you jumped forward in time by an hour. And you appear underneath the, the tree that you had jumped under. And it looks like the three soldiers have left. What do you want to do? Continue on to where the uh, the Cronus 3000 is. So by an hour later, I, I should be almost there if not there already. Correct. So Blondie and Sorin are just now approaching the Cronus 3000. Yep. Are there any signs that anybody's on board or anything? It does look like it's occupied. Uh, it looks like it's powered up. It looks like uh, someone might be staying in. Okay. What was the uh, error that we received about it? I don't think we've ever discussed that. You didn't. You just said there was an issue. If you take a look at the coding that was presented, like uh, a quick look at your tablet to see what's going on, what was registered, it wasn't a complaint sent out by Scorpus. Um, it was an automatic error message that was sent out saying that the temporal conflationer was offline. Temporal conflationer, okay. I should be able to fix that. So I uh, open up the door to it. Smells like a charnel house. Mm. All right. I am entering midship, or I would say you'd be entering at the back of the ship. Okay, and it's a small ship. It's yeah, it's a lot smaller than the SS Starship. Yeah, you you could probably carry this in the SS Starship's hold. We probably will. Well, we gotta take the time drive out of this one. All right, here's what I want to do. I tell Soren to go around to the front of the ship on the outside and climb up and knock on the windshield. There's no button on the outside that he can easily access. He also likes climbing, so he would go climb. So, as he's doing that, I want to uh, sneak up to the uh, cockpit. Uh, go ahead and make me a sneaky strategist roll for this. Because make, you're trying to be sneaky. Should I make it an athletics? I think so. Alright, I rolled a 10. I rolled okay. 14. Soren, you are... It is very easy for you to, to scramble around on the outside of the Chromis 3000. Blondie, as you go through the ship, it seems somebody has actually done a little post-rental modifications. We need to stop renting to this guy. You're not there. Post-rental modifications. As you enter, uh, you feel the tug of a tripwire through the quarter. And you start hearing like a, a klaxon going off. And you hear a voice that sounds like reptilian 
rumbling and, and snarling just coming through the speakers that have been installed through the hallway. And with that, we're going to go ahead and end the, this episode. Thank you so much for listening to Bone Thrower's Theater. Thank you for listening to Bone Thrower's Theater. We are releasing this podcast under a Creative Commons attribution, non-commercial, no derivatives, 3.0 unported license. That means you can share the podcast, but please do not modify it or try to gain financially from it. If you would like to visit our website, you can do so at bonethrowerstheater.com. If you'd like to send us an email, you can do so at bonethrowerstheater at gmail.com. Our Twitter handle is bonethrowerstheater. You can also look us up on Facebook and subscribe to our YouTube channel. And until next time, may the bones fall ever in your favor. This has been a Nerd Circle podcast production.